great to be here tonight. Welcome to those of you who are online. Throw another log on the fire, get a little more coffee. If uh, my teaching is any uh, indication, you'll need more coffee just to try to stay awake. So. There have been um, a number of people who have been very concerned about my tablet tonight. There's been a lot of counsel that's been offered to me. Some of my younger uh, pastor friends have, have had some ideas. One said, here's the best thing. Get your, uh, your, your teaching notes, print them off, scan them in, and email them to yourself. Then you'll have a backup. Now, I'm not sure how that will work exactly if my tablet's not working. But I almost think that maybe they're hoping for another one of these. It's not going to happen, right, Pastor Kerry? Amen, amen, amen. So, a, a little while ago, uh, someone uh, called uh, the office, and um, they spoke with me, and they said, Pastor Ken, I, I just really need to come in I've got some problems, I've got some questions, I've got some issues, and I need to talk to somebody. And so they came in, and we'll call him Kurt. Um, and Kurt came in, and he said, I have to be honest. I've been, I've been a believer for a long time, and I, the more I pray, the less I understand what I'm praying about. I mean, why do we pray, he said, if God's already got it all worked out? Why do we pray if God knows what's going to happen? Why even bother praying if God's in control of everything anyway? And it's just going to go the way he wants it to go. And I said to him, my friend, I think, first of all, we just need to understand what, what prayer really is and how prayer is designed to work. And I think right now you're, you're thinking that prayer is something that it's not. So can we just talk about that? And he said, absolutely, that's why I'm here, so let's do that. So what I want to do tonight is share a little bit about what uh, Kurt and I worked through that night. Is that going to be okay? All right. So um, to that end, and because I know I desperately need God to show up in this place, will you pray with me? All-powerful, ever-present, all-loving, wonder-working God, all in this place. Holy Spirit, you who are everywhere present, will you manifest yourself in this place in a very uh, palpable, noticeable, energizing, revealing, encouraging, loving way. And God, through that spirit, will you take this word based on your word and bring life. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, there've got to be more of God's people in here than that. And all of God's people said, you know, that's, that's a good beginning. Again, the more you talk to me, the better I preach. Unless, of course, you talk too much, then I just get distracted and have no idea where I am. So we've got to keep a balance. I'll let you know. 
if you need to back it off. So I said to Kurt, Kurt, I think let's start with this. Um, Isaiah 62.5, and guys, I didn't give you this verse, so don't go scrambling for it. Isaiah 62.5, the prophet Isaiah from the Message Translation says this, I've posted watchmen on your walls, Jerusalem. Day and night they keep it, praying, calling out, reminding God to remember. Reminding God to remember. Let that seep in just a little bit. God's word is filled with promises. And in those promises, uh, amongst those promises are so many rich blessings and opportunities. And uh, God says, here's what I want you to do. Remind me of those. Remind me of those promises. Charles Spurgeon, um, thank you, Pastor Jeremiah. Charles Spurgeon put it this way. Sometimes the word instructs us to take God's finger and put it on a promise and say, God, that one, that promise. I want to remind you of that promise. And so what we really want to begin to understand is that uh, prayer is um, calling out to God and saying, God, you said this, and I'd like to see this happen. You said you'd move this way. You said you'd respond this way and so forth. So we want to point God's finger to his word. But the bigger issue to me that Kurt was dealing with, not only do we need to remind God to remember, but the challenge he had was what really is prayer? And the more we talked, the more he began to understand. And I said, my brother, you got to understand, prayer is not bargaining with God. It's not you trying to figure out if you can position yourself somehow so God has to do what you're thinking he should do. Prayer is not running through your shopping list. God, I need a new Maserati. Not a used Maserati. I need a new one. New Maserati. I need a new house with a garage to put it in. I need a new travel trailer. Should be a fifth wheel, God, because I'm really getting to where I don't like pulling a trailer with my truck anymore, or my, my uh, uh, Tahoe anymore. I want a truck for that. And, and God, um, tax time's coming up. I need some money for taxes. And that's not prayer. Prayer is not running through a shopping list. That makes sense? And prayer is not your chance to tell God how to run the world. So it turns out he doesn't need your help. It's just possible that the God who knows everything might know something we don't know about how to run his world. What do you think? Some things that my finite mind will never be able to know because his mind is infinite and mine is finite and I simply can't think the kinds of thoughts he can think. I know Pastor Kerry gets really close, but... They love you. I figure I can get on your coattails and maybe get a little grace here. So prayer. I think we can boil down prayer pretty simply. Jesus did. Disciples came to him after watching him pray over and over and over. And they said, Lord, teach us to pray, right? Matthew chapter 6. Jesus said, when you pray, pray like this. 
And he gave us about uh, a lesson about what prayer is and how we want to pray. It started out with, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So Jesus was saying, a part of your prayer, a great starting place is praise and worship. Worship me in your prayer. Exalt me. Don't just remind me of the promises that are there, but remind me of who I am. Exalt me, lift me up. What happens when we exalt him? We make him bigger in our lives. And we remind ourselves of who he is and what he can do and what he's done. So begin with worship. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Praise and worship. And then your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, where we say, Father God, you are God. I am not. And so I'm looking forward to seeing what your plan is, what your purpose is, how you want to work this out. And I want to so get in line with what you're doing and understand where you're moving and how you're operating that I'm able to pray your will right from your heart right back to you. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. That's where Jesus says, stop and be praying for others. People you know need your help today. People you know need strength today. People you know need to be able to overcome today. People you know need Jesus today. So pray for those folks. Lift up those needs. And then he closes it out with, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And I believe Jesus is saying, pray for strength. Strength to deal with temptations. I don't know about you, but I still struggle some. Okay, that's not even true. I just struggle. <laughs> I just struggle. I keep waiting for it to get easier. I, I remember years ago, Dr. Howard Hendricks, he's now with the Lord, but he was so open with students down at Dallas Theological Seminary, and there were students gathered together, and they said, um, one of the students said, Dr. Hendricks, when do you stop struggling with lust? And he paused for a minute and said, I don't know, but it's sometime after 81. Life is a struggle, folks. We need to be praying for strength to stand strong in the midst of those, in the face of those temptations. Amen? Amen. So I think that that's a framework for what's prayer. Prayer is worship. Prayer is um, having opportunity to pray God's will to be done. Pray is for requests for others, of course, and strength for the body. Now we're going to unpack that in what we've called the four alls of prayer in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. And I've got three different versions that I want to share with you. Um, first one, oh mercy. I see that wind really messed up my hair badly. <laughs> Blew all the color right out. <laughs> Ephesians 6, verse 18 in the English Standard Version Praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, 
Keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Now, I like the focus it has on perseverance there, but it didn't really seem, that translation didn't seem to capture all of it. So I brought in the NIV. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions. That's, there's a richness right there. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. There's a blessing to being able to read the Greek. But it also can sometimes challenge you because neither one of those are right, according to me. And so here's Ephesians 6, 18. Um, I wanted to have us put in there MPT, but we thought that'd be confusing because you never find that anywhere. This is my personal translation. <laughs> it's not copyrighted, so feel free to spread this far and wide. Now, the, oh, it's not there. The, the MPT version is, is gonna start based on Ephesians chapter six, verse um, 17 and the verses before where it talks about your armor and warfare. Put on the whole armor of God, right? Uh, I think that a part of Ephesians 6.18 following right after 6.17 is because prayer is part of our warfare. Prayer is an extension of how we're going to do battle and advance the kingdom. So I start this way. And, and the final part of doing battle is Prayer. Always pray in the Spirit. Pray on all occasions. Always pray with all kinds of prayers and requests. And be alert so that you don't worry, get weary, sorry. And, and be alert so that you don't get weary, but pray with all perseverance. And always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Do you see the four alls there? First of all, the heading, always pray in the Spirit, then pray on all occasions, pray with all kinds of prayers and requests, pray with all perseverance, and pray for all the Lord's people. Those are some points that Paul says, as you think about prayer, as you're going to advance the kingdom of God, as you're going to be doing warfare and coming against the powers of darkness and seek to walk in victory and growing obedience, growing power, pray these four alls. Pray on all occasions. Pray with all kinds of prayer requests. Pray with all perseverance and pray for all the Lord's people. So, what I would love to do right now, with your kind permission, is unpack those four alls. And I'm going to start just by getting a, I want to get a running start at the four alls by talking about praying in the Spirit. First Corinthians, no, I'm going to wait on that a second. What do you think of when you hear the phrase, as good Pentecostals, pray in the Spirit? Tongues, right? Glossolalia. We're going to pray in an unknown language. That's not what Paul is thinking about here. I'm absolutely convinced of it. That Paul, you see, when Paul is talking about praying um, in the Spirit like he is here, 
he's talking about praying with an empowered mind. In 1 Corinthians, when he's talking about praying in tongues, he talks about praying with the Spirit. When Paul's saying with the Spirit, it's with an unknown tongue. But when it's in the Spirit, it's with an empowered mind. And here he is saying pray in the Spirit. Because in 1 Corinthians 4, 14 and 15, English Standard Version, it says, For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. What am I to do? He said, here's what I'm going to do. I will pray with my spirit, which is tongues, which is that spirit language, the unknown language. Romans 8 refers to that, right? But I will pray with my mind also. So I'm going to, Paul is talking about here praying in the spirit. He talks about that um, in, in this passage. So we want to pray, Paul speaks of praying with the spirit, which is in tongues, in the spirit, which is with an empowered mind. So I think sometimes as Pentecostals, we slip into tongues too quickly and it's kind of a cop out. We sit down, and it's time to pray, and not sure what to pray, not sure what God's heart is on this, I'm not sure what God is thinking, I'm not sure I know what the Word says about this, so I'm just going to pray in tongues, right? And we feel like we're accomplishing prayer, but I think that in this passage where Paul tells us that I want you to pray in the Spirit, in the Spirit, with an empowered mind, that he is saying, don't always go to tongues. Absolutely go to tongues at times. Tongues is a powerful tool. Tongues uh, is great because the enemy doesn't understand it. The enemy can't um, get in the way of it. It's great because we're able to pray back to God what the Spirit is saying in us and through us. But there are times, beloved, where we need to enter the discipline of prayer and actually know what it is that God is thinking. And we can know his mind. We can know his heart. If we couldn't, why do we have the word? He gave us the word because he wants us to know how he works, why he works, when he works, what he does. So... The most critical part of prayer, and I think that's why he begins the four alls with this, is that we need to come into agreement with what God is saying. We're not trying to give him marching orders, but we're trying to hear his heart. God, what is your heart on my coworker? What is your heart on my marriage? What is your heart on my finances? What is your heart on our church? What is your heart on this um, uh, lost neighbor. What is your heart? See, we often complain that God isn't answering our prayers, but I think God is up there saying, are you listening to what I'm saying at all? Because if you're simply praying what you've always been praying and nothing is changing, isn't that the definition of insanity? That you keep doing the same thing over and over again and hoping for a different result? God is saying, don't just you automatically start telling me what you want me to do, telling me what I'm supposed to, you know, giving me marching orders. Instead, just Psalm 37 puts it this way, delight yourself in the Lord. 
Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Notice the order here. God doesn't say, I'll give you whatever you want, and then your heart will be happy. Right? That's how we got it. God, you give me whatever I want, and then I'll be so happy. He says, you delight in me. And when your delight is in me, then the desires will come. And the delight here is a strange word in the Hebrew. Um, it really is a word. Now, this isn't me. The, this is guys much smarter than me, so you can blame them. They're saying this is really getting in touch with your feminine side. Okay? Now, ladies, it's going to be easier for you. Delight yourself means be tender, be open, be receptive, be vulnerable. How many of you know that's a natural position for guys? I am so good at being vulnerable, being emotionally open and tender. <laughs> this is proof God has a sense of humor. He didn't just strike me down because that's clearly not true. I'm not naturally that way, but God says that is the way to become. If you will be open to me, be vulnerable to me, be emotionally open, be tender, Allow me to speak in my soft whisper to your spirit. You can delight in me, and I will give you the desires of your heart. So the one takeaway from tonight, if you're going to get anything from this, and, and this is where after I say this, you can close your Bibles and your notes and go, I got the one thing. Pray in the spirit, that is, in the spirit, not with, in the spirit with an empowered mind, which means tune into the Father. Be vulnerable before Him. Delight yourself in Him. You can't delight in somebody you don't know. You can't. So let His Word wash over you. I didn't get permission to tell this story, so I have to mask some of the, the, the details. And I'm really sorry if you know, they're not going to be upset about this. In the last few weeks, I've had opportunity to be with a number of families as um, they laid that beloved one to rest. One particular person passed away earlier in the day. The uh, uh, funeral home came, took care of things, and... At about 6.30, the remaining spouse did what the remaining spouse did every day of their life. They sat down with their word and said, God, I just want to get to know you better. I, I, I'm just telling you, I don't think that would be my, where my heart would be. I don't think I would be drawn right away into... God, will you just show me more about who you are? I want, to, I want to delight myself in you, God. I want to be vulnerable to you right now. I want to be open to you. But that, that's what this person did. And God just poured himself out and 
taught this person and loved on this person and the, the person got the desires of their heart because God met them, encouraged them, loved on them. I just think that's fantastic. I don't know about you. Tune into the Father. Delight yourself in him and learn to pray his heart and to remind him to remember his promises. Okay, so I would really love to stop right now and say any questions, but you may have some I don't know the answer to. So I can't do it. Of course, Pastor Kerry's here. So <laughs> Then let's take a look at the all fours, shall we? The all fours of prayer in Ephesians 6. Do you remember what they were? We're doing battle, remember? By praying in the spirit, then we're going to pray on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and, sup and requests. We're going to be alert so we don't get weary and pray with all perseverance and then pray for all the Lord's people. So let's just look real quickly at each of those because I want us to have time to actually do this. Seems reasonable if we're going to talk about praying that we actually pray. Amen. So, pray on all occasions. The word there in the Greek for occasions, and I'm going to use the Greek word simply because it's real familiar to so many of us, is kairos. Occasions is kairos, K-A-I-R-O-S. There are two words in Greek that talk about time. Kronos, kairos. Kronos talks about the passing of time. Time on your watch. It's now 7.27 p.m. That's chronos time. That's not this. This is kairos time. Kairos is a pregnant kind of a time. It's a time when God is entering into human history. It's a time when God is poised right on the edge and is ready to move. That's kairos time. When it's opportune, where God's ready to set something in motion. That's what, the, what Paul is saying here. Pray on all occasions. Pray at those opportune moments. Now, if you're going to pray in those opportune moments, you're going to have to be alert to what's going on so you can recognize those opportune moments, right? So again, this is not an autopilot kind of a, a, a prayer. This is, I'm going to be thinking, I'm going to be engaged. My Pastor Sam has said it so many times. We don't leave our brains at the door because we're Christians. We engage our brains. We use our brains. We think God's thoughts after him to the extent that we can. We memorize the word. We remind God of his word and say, God, I'm sensing right now that for John at work, this is an opportunity for him and his family. And so I'm going to pray on all occasions. I'm going to pray into that kairos moment, that pregnant moment, that great opportunity. Are, we, are you with me? Four of you. But that's okay. That's more than I was expecting. So pray on all occasions. Find out not just what does the clock say, but what is God saying? Enter into that Kairos moment. Pray with all kinds of requests, I'm sorry, prayers and requests. And two different ideas there. 
prayers is very broad and comprehensive. It's really prayer that can be offered in any way. It can be silent prayer, formal prayer, um, vocal prayer, uh, um, secret prayer, public prayer. You may find it really a powerful um, way to increase your, the depth of your prayer life to get a prayer book from some of the classic um, um, fathers uh, and, and mothers of the church. You can, you can find those online. You can um, and sit down with that and read a prayer that they wrote out 200 years ago. Because there's, it, can be, it can be that kind of a prayer as you offer a prayer, very broad, very comprehensive. But you, you will find yourself thinking new sorts of thoughts in prayer and experiencing new ideas as you pray. So I never thought to pray that way. Isn't that the, kind of the idea? Use those resources. So prayers is very broad, very comprehensive. It's silent, formal, vocal, public, private. Any of those things fits under prayers there. And then he says, and offer requests. Requests is way narrower. It, it's a petition. It's a specific request for a specific person in a specific situation. And again, can I encourage you, this is not where you give God directions on what to do in that person's life. God doesn't need your direction. He needs your partnership. And as you come to understand what he is saying, what he is doing, where he is moving, how he's challenging and stirring, you can agree with him. And it's as we agree with him in, in that kind of a prayer, a prayer where we're praying with an empowered mind, that the, the, uh, those requests begin to be manifest. Because we're not telling God what to do. We're hearing from God about what to do. And we're following him and praying what he's already telling us to pray. So we're going to pray, first of all, on all occasions. Then we're going to pray all kinds of prayer requests, all kinds of prayers and requests. And then we're going to pray with all perseverance. You remember the parable of the persistent widow, right? Can I, can I just share it with you really quick, Lee? I'd make that an adverb because people are out there grading me. And he told them a parable, Luke 18, 18, I'm sorry, Luke 18. And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. I love the way Luke starts out. He's very practical and he says, okay, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to tell you before I tell you. I'm going to tell you a story that is designed to make you think about praying continually and not losing heart. He said, a certain, in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. Wish they weren't around today. Uh, and there was, was that, that wasn't political, was it? If it was, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean it to be. Uh, truly. He didn't respect, um, he didn't fear God, didn't respect men. And there was a widow in that city. There's significance in that she was a widow. You know what that is? She had no standing. She had no standing in that culture. Not only was she a woman, which made her second class, but she was a widow, meaning she had no man that could defend her, that could stand for her, that could um, 
um, be her advocate. She, there was nothing in that culture that would make the judge want to pay any attention to her. She was an irritation. She was a widow. That's why Jesus talked about that. That was the, the reason he chose her because there was no reason for the judge to give her any time. But that widow just kept coming to him and saying, give me justice against my adversary. For a while, he refused. But afterward, he said to himself, though I neither respect God or fear God nor respect man, he really had a handle on himself, didn't he? Yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice just so that she'll leave me alone. Paul says, pray with, be alert, be sober-minded. He, he, he prefaces it with those, saying, don't start drifting. Can I, this is for free. This isn't in my notes. Um, when I pray, I always have a pad of paper next to me because the enemy wants to remind me of other things I should be doing. He will say, I'll be praying. He'll be saying, well, you got to be sure and stop at Myers and get this. I'll be praying and he'll say, oh, you want to be sure and check this out on the web. So what I do is I just make a quick note, Meyer, internet. And now I, I don't have to think about that anymore. I don't get distracted by that anymore because it's over there. I'll deal with it later. Because the enemy wants you not to be alert. He wants you not to be sober-minded. He wants you to be distracted and fragmented. Because if you do that, you won't persevere in prayer. Because you'll forget what you're praying about. Can I give you another hint? This just may be me. The man said, when I works, I works hard. When I sits, I sits loose. And when I thinks, I falls asleep. I can be wide awake and three minutes into a prayer be sound asleep. The enemy just has ways of saying, it's going to be okay. You need a little rest, right? So when I'm praying, I walk around. I stand up. I move around in my seat. Because if I sit there, I'm not going to be alert. I'm not going to be sober-minded. I'm not going to be paying attention. I'm going to be dreaming about a beach somewhere. Which sounds so good right now, doesn't it? So those were for free. Number one, a little notepad. When distracting things come up, write them down. Get back to your prayer. Number two, if you're like me, move around. Move around. Get active. Um, so the, the widow got what she needed because she was persistent. And I wonder if the reason Paul talks about persistence and the reason why we don't seem to get through in our prayer life and one of our most common complaints is, why doesn't God answer my prayers? Is that we seem to have the heart of a cheetah when it comes to prayer. A cheetah is the fastest animal on the planet. A full-grown male cheetah, females can't run so fast. I feel good about that. 
a full-grown male cheetah can hit 60 miles an hour in three strides. Three strides. They can hit speeds of up to 100 miles an hour. 100 miles an hour. Now you're saying, if I could pray with that kind of power, with that kind of speed, with that kind of force, I would be something to contend with in the kingdom of God. Except the cheetah can run that far, that, or can run that fast for about 20 seconds. Because his heart is too small. His heart is not big enough to pump enough blood to his body to maintain that speed. And so after 20 seconds of running at that speed, he's breathing at about 150 respirations in a minute. And he simply can't keep going. And if you watch videos of it, you'll see a cheetah just tear off. And if he doesn't get his prey, he'll just crumple in a heap on the ground because he can't breathe anymore. When it comes to prayer, I think we have the heart of a cheetah. We get started so strong. We're 60 miles an hour in three strides. We are going for it. We're going to change the God, change the world. We're going to, you know, whatever, this great thing that God has on our heart. And we last for a good 20 seconds. And then we're all out of breath. And we fall down in a heap. And we go, why isn't God answering our prayers? You can't get very far in 20 seconds, kids. You can't. They're good for a quick flash, cheetahs are, and they're done. So many of us are good for a quick flash, and then we're done. Paul says, be alert, be sober-minded, so that you can keep praying and praying and praying. If you don't feel like you're getting anywhere, go back to the Father and say, God, did I hear you right? Is this what I'm to be praying for? Because if it is, I'm going to keep praying for it. But if I'm wrong, correct me. That's a prayer God will answer every time. So, you're going to pray on all occasions. You're going to pray with all kinds of prayers and uh, petitions. You're going to pray with perseverance because you're not going to give up. You are not going to give up. You are not going to give up. And then pray for all the Lord's people. There's a very technical term here. And as Pastor Sam would point out, all here means all. Pray for all the Lord's people. All God's children got issues. All God's children need prayer. So pray for those who are powerful and influential that you know that you read about. Pray for those who are stocking shelves at the hardware store. Pray for the lady who's preparing your lunch order. Pray for the housewife and the business owner. Pray for all God's people. I don't know how long that prayer is going to take. Sometimes your prayer may be 30 seconds. Sometimes it may be three minutes. Sometimes it may be 30 minutes. Sometimes it may be 30 minutes in three-minute increments. I don't think God cares. But what he wants is, will you come back to it again? Will you persist? Will you keep looking for those Kairos moments and have my kingdom intersect with those because you just keep praying 
You just keep praying. You just keep praying. The four alls of prayer of Ephesians 6, 18. And now, I think we should do it. Yes? So, what I would like you to do, and I, I know this may be a little bit uncomfortable, but I think it will be worth it um, if you will, will press through that initial discomfort. I would love you for you to find a group of three or four. So now, if you would, hold up four fingers. If there are more than this many in your group, that's more than four. So split. Group of two, group of three, what, however you want to do that because we don't have time for five or six people to be praying. So get in that group. We're going to stand up. We're going to move around. And before I tell you what to do, let's go ahead and do that. Would you stand up, get in your group of two, uh, three or four? Two or three or four. Come on, you Pentecostals can count better than this. Two or three or four. Okay. Are you in a group? Does anybody need a group? Does anybody need help? Anybody need somebody? Okay. Here you go. In your group, what I want to encourage you to pray for right now is other believers in Grand Rapids first and those beyond Grand Rapids first so that we would learn to slow down Listen to the heart of the Father. That we would learn to pray with an empowered mind. So will you pray that for those in your group, for those in our church, for those in our community. Let's just take a couple minutes. We're not going to go forever here. And pray that they will learn to slow down and pray with that empowered mind. Go. Father, as he relates to any issue in your life, your ministry, your community. So think of something that's been on your heart that matters to you and just say, God, what's your heart on this? I want to hear your heart.
Were you catching his heartbeat on that issue? See, this isn't rocket science, folks. It's, it's a father calling out to his child. Now, in that group where you are, together again, will you pray for all the Lord's people that we would come against the cheetah spirit, the heart of the cheetah, and that we would develop perseverance in our prayers, that we would learn to pray with endurance. Pray for those in your group that they would learn to pray with persistence. Pray for those in your ministry. Pray for those in your community, your small group. Pray for those that they would learn to have persistence and perseverance. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Part of prayer is worship, beloved. Let's do that part of prayer. Let's enter into worship. So feel free to move back to your seats or move up toward the altar or any place that you would like as a worship team comes to lead us into the presence of worship. 